1: As we speak, some states are still tallying the votes. Somehow Chuck E. Cheese can count a million tickets on the spot, and we still can't count the votes in three days? You know, I thought if your election lasted more than 48 hours, you were supposed to seek medical attention. You know what? Last night was the first night of election Hanukkah.
0: From the After 9 podcast studios, this is After 9 with Scott and Kat.
1: You know things are bad when ESPN is laying off 300 staff. And 200 positions that were posted will not be filled. Oh, no. I think football is about to come to a head. Oh, no. Week 9 of the NFL season, 49ers have closed their practice facility. They are scheduled to play tonight against Green Bay on Thursday Night Football. Uh, Ratings are down. ESPN's laying people off. It's not a good time for sports.
2: No, and you know it's the, the really frustrating part about right now is you know it's going to get better. All those areas will get better. It's not like sports are gone away. They'll come back again with, with you know longer seasons uh, because that's the case too, right? Is there's less there's less of a season. So less chance for advertising and even those companies are hurting that would usually advertise on those sports networks. So it's like the whole thing sucks because just because you know there will be light at the end of the tunnel is just when do we get there?
1: You know, it's just so weird that we knew this pandemic was going to drag on for a while. Nobody knows how long, but we knew it would go on for a while. When they started canceling sports back in March, wouldn't it have made more sense to lay them off then? Mm. I mean, I'm sure the, the staff are grateful that they had a job for as long as they did. But it sucks now that it It, it seems like we're rounding the turn. Forgive the, the expression. But it seems like with a vaccine to be announced this week... And, and things like that, that it is starting to get a little better. There's some light at the end of the tunnel. Right. And now they're laying people off. Yeah. Uh, it seems weird to me.
2: Well, it's ho- I mean, you got to think about it, how much they probably did spend on it initially and how much money they would have had coming in. But like I mentioned, even their advertisers, they don't have as much money in their pocket. You're not going to get as much for a commercial, perhaps, right, as you would have for, you know, I don't know, the the MLB like think about the viewership everybody heard how shitty the viewership was Mm -hmm. for the world series like it was shit so obviously they they, how can they say to a company yeah you got to pay X amount the same you did last year fuck you your ratings are way down I'm not paying that same amount so I'm sure they had that everywhere
1: Uh, a couple things that are coming up in this podcast I do want to talk about the new goop holiday guide and we will in just a minute this has become an annual thing here on the after nine podcast and we're going to talk about the presidential election in a bit. We wanted to make that at the end of the podcast this time, because if you're not one of those political types, maybe you're getting sick of fast forwarding through the political talk. Uh, but at the end of this podcast, you're going to hear an interview that we did this morning on our FM radio show with a colleague of ours. Reggie Cuccini is the uh, Washington Bureau correspondent for Global News here in Canada. And Reggie was on with us this morning, live from D.C., explaining what's going on in the presidential election. And even offering a scenario where neither Trump nor Biden wins this election tonight.
2: Oh, my gosh. And, and you know, I, I mentioned it to Reggie, too, and you'll hear his answer. But I asked him the simple question of, is your head spinning as much as us as we view this? How, how do you feel about this when you think about all of those different scenarios just like the one you mentioned which really makes people's heads explode because they go what that can happen so he will he will get to that he was awesome to speak to this morning
1: yeah there is a scenario where neither of them gets 270 and it hadn't been thought of for i mean they created this system hundreds of years ago but i don't think anybody ever considered the fact that neither gets to 270 so what happens there is really interesting um Maybe people are in a bad mood today, but I thought this would be a nice little pick-me-up on scottandcat.ca and on the Scott and Cat Facebook page, we posted the new Starbucks holiday cups, which come out tomorrow. And one of the first comments was shitting on them. Why don't they do something for a cause rather than just put colorful cups out? Is that an obligation of corporate America and corporate Canada to do something every time they do something? (laughs) Do something uh, philanthropic? Every time they do something, was Starbucks obligated to say, OK, here's our holiday cups, but we'll donate extra money to this or that? Or can they just put out a holiday cup?
2: They can absolutely. I would love to speak to the person who who has something to say about that. And I was kind of waiting for it, honestly, when I posted about the holiday cups on uh, my Facebook page this morning and nothing happened. But we talked about I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast, but here's the deal. The Tim Hortons line is coming out on November 14th. The Starbucks line is coming out November 6th. So I was waiting for people to be like, can't they wait till after Remembrance Day? Well, fuck. Let me tell you something real quick. (laughs) Because you obviously don't know anything about what Starbucks is doing. Starbucks is one of the only companies I've seen thus far. And I know there are a couple other ones uh, that are allowing you to just walk up to any cashier at any Starbucks location. Say, I'd like to donate to the Poppy Fund. Your money gets sent through. That's pretty amazing that they're doing that. No purchase necessary, by the way. It's not even like you got to purchase a coffee and then you can donate. No, it's not like that at all they're really diving deep into helping out. And they do help out different kinds of charities. So if you're saying that kind of shit, you're just the type that goes around and spews that kind of shit on everybody's post about everything without doing any research. So excuse me, you do not have to get the holiday cup or anything else that people are putting out there if you don't want to, A, B... Do a little research before you look like an asshole. Because guess what? You look like an asshole, and they're doing a lot more for the poppy fund than I bet your ass is. So why don't you sit the fuck down? Let people get their goddamn peppermint lattes if that's what they want. November sixth, and shut the fuck up. (laughs)
1: Wow, you just cut a promo. That was amazing. Holy, I
2: hate it. I hate it, Scott. I can't. I can't anymore.
1: A lot of negativity sometimes. Um, but all right. I'm sure they uh, they get the point that you are not uh, completely satisfied with their uh, comment. Okay, good.
2: <laughs> no, <laughs> but it's true. I bet you any money that person doesn't realize how much they do. Just like, it's just a, generally speaking, a lot of people just post stuff out there or have something to say when they don't take the time to educate themselves on anything. It's infuriating.
1: For those who don't want to watch election coverage tonight, unfortunately, The Bachelorette returns. <laughs> I can't wait. This is the worst season ever. And yeah, I'm not ashamed to admit I like The Bachelorette. I fucking like The Bachelorette. Not as much as The Bachelor, but I do like The Bachelorette. But this has been the worst season ever. Partly because we all know that everything we've been forced to watch for the last four weeks has meant nothing because it's going to change to a new Bachelorette. The path we're on right now, it doesn't end well for anybody. We have never dealt with anything like this in the history of our show. I'm confused as all. What is next? We meet the new Bachelorette tonight, am I right?
2: Uh, yeah, so apparently there was a hint of it last week, uh, Taysha Adams. We uh, we knew that she was going to come in <clears throat> because we had heard this rumor a long time ago. But finally they showed her. So we know that she's there. Um, the question I have is, and apparently it's, it's still very unclear, even like the your reality Steves and stuff aren't even 100% certain on what exactly goes down. At first, we thought Claire left because... She said, you know what? I'm too in love with Dale. I can't carry on anymore. I've locked myself in my room, was the rumor. And I'm not going to, I refuse to go on any more dates. I'm with Dale. That's it. And then let's end the show now. But that's apparently not the case because a Bachelorette producer just last week said, oh no, actually this had a lot to, to do with us and our control of the show. We realized, and you would have seen if you watched The Bachelorette the last few episodes, all she did was talk about Dale. All she did was compare the guys to Dale. She said she was in love with Dale. In fact, if you paid close attention the last time, she called Dale her fiancé. That's when the producers said, wait a, wait a minute, I'm excuse me, what? Excuse me? Pardon me? So something's going on there. They figured it out. They didn't want to carry on with a season where all this chick does is talk about Dale and not give any guy a chance. What kind of a boring show is that? So that's when they apparently pulled the plug. So we'll see which, who's right here. We'll see what actually goes down, which is so true. Like, don't come on the show when you got engaged over quarantine to someone you've been chatting with over Insta message, which is apparently how they connected. Don't do that, man. That's you're wasting- bullshit, though. You yeah. shouldn't be allowed to do that. No, you're wasting. Well, that's the- so there is a rule. There is a rule. And the Canadian guy on the show, you might remember, mentions the rule. The very first episode, it was made clear that Claire was talking to the Canadian guy over message. Did not mention anything about Dale, though, purposely probably holding back. But she completely confirmed that this guy from Canada that's on the show did message her and reach out, even though he was told specifically, do not talk to Claire. You may not reach out to Claire during these times where we're waiting before you enter this bubble that we have created. And he did. He reached out Mm -hmm. to her and she said, I appreciate that. I love that. And that's when you knew something fishy was going on between her and Dale because there was no way she called Dale her future husband the moment he stepped out of the limo, which is what she did. The whole thing's sketchy. From the get-go. And and I'm just curious what Claire will or will not fess up to. Will it be tonight or the next day? Or will there be a special presentation that doesn't happen until, you know, next week in an, on a special edition and a different date? Probably. That's my guess, Scott. If I had to guess... Tonight, there's going to be the episode. We're going to see whatever happens to Claire happen to Claire. The producers are going to say, maybe you should not be here. Uh, let's bring in someone else. And then there's going to be a special where Chris Harrison's one-on-one with Claire. And the whole thing's going to be him talking to Claire and getting the truth from her about what happened with Dale.
1: Okay. Uh, well, let's just hope it turns around because I kind of like that little escape for an hour. Uh, most of the time, it's two hours. Once a week. And i don't uh, just knock it off with the shit. We know Claire's leaving. Get her out of there. She broke the
2: rules. She doesn't care. I don't care that they broke the rules. Like to be honest with you, I I don't that part doesn't bother me. What bothers me is you know the answer. You know that you're not going to even care about any of these other guys. You're not going to take the time to get to know any of any of these other guys, which is what people watch the show for. What happens here, what happens there. She is completely closed off from everyone else. So that doesn't make a good show. If you were talking to someone, okay, shit happens like that all the time, I'm sure that they don't they don't bring up. But Claire was very open about, yeah, I broke the rules. And they broke the rules, and I love it. So that's a problem when you're a producer of a show like that.
1: Goop. Goop is Gwyneth Paltrow's product line, and it's controversial at times because they come out with some outrageous product names. Goop is, I would say, probably the most successful. It got the most notoriety for the candle they launched, and the candle was called, This Candle Smells Like My Vagina. Mm-hmm. I was curious. <laughs> I was. Right. Right. Well, I, I've never smelled her vagina or the candle. It's not. So supposed all I can do be, is imagine. Hang
2: on, though. It's not supposed to be Gwyneth's vagina. It's just the name of the candle with the candle company that she works with. It's not supposed to be. It's just supposed to be gimmicky, and it ended up being quite gimmicky.
1: This candle smells like my vagina. Sold out so quick. They brought in an extra shipment. Sold out even faster. They brought it back the next year. Sold out. Now they've got new products for 2020.
2: So this smells like my vagina candle was so popular, like you mentioned, for 75 bucks a pop, that they decided to, yes, expand the line into the roll-on perfume.
1: How do you roll it on? How do you get that vagina scent on your arms, for example?
2: You can put it anywhere you want. I mean, it's a roll-on. I think everybody knows how that works. You can place it anywhere you'd like to. And I know you'd like to – I know you're wondering about the scent. It's Mm. much like the candle. It is made with geranium, a citrusy bergamot, uh, and let's see, juxtaposed with a damasque rose and an amberette seed. I don't know what that smells like. I've got no idea.
1: So I remember, though, you were telling me a couple of years ago when they brought out the candle, they had a description of it, and they said it had – It was musky with hints of leather. Was it hints of leather? I'm pretty sure it was hints of leather, I think. I don't know. Maybe she wears leather underwear. Who who knows? In any case, it's not going to smell like your atypical candle. But I'm wondering, what goes through your mind when you walk into somebody's house and they're burning this candle? Because I don't think your first thought is going to be, somebody's been fucking. I don't think that's going to be your first thought. No.
2: This is a gimmick. It's a but People love a it. They're
1: buying it like crazy. Yes,
2: because if you walk into someone's apartment and you see a candle on the table that says this, "This smells like my vagina," it's worth a little chuckle. Sure.
1: Wonder how many people have like singed their hair, leaning in to get a good whiff of that.
2: Don't No, tell it's it cold. Totally, po- it's totally possible. The yeah, the I'm just looking at the description of the scent for both back um, back to back here. So it looks like there's a a little more cedar wood in the scent of the roll on. Uh, But otherwise, it's virtually the same as the candle. No leather. It's just bergamot and damasque rose uh, with cedar wood and an umbrette seed to stir the senses toward the realms of fantasy and seduction. It's an incredible, it's incredible on the skin as it is the candle. And now it becomes in this sleek 10 milliliter rollerball for the price point of $45 US for this little guy. Fuck that
1: uh girls spend a lot on perfume sure we do no i
2: get it and i do i i'm not one of those people that if i i find something i really like i'll buy it but you're going in blind with this one there's nobody giving you a tester of this smells like my vagina at any bay store i've been to
1: they have a watermelon bag which is basically just a bowling ball bag nearest i can tell
2: well i mean it was (laughs) it was meant for carrying watermelons And maybe you're like, why would you need that? I don't know how many people had this much of an issue with carrying watermelons to begin with, but uh, sure, it happens where maybe you are buying a massive watermelon and it's rolling around everywhere, or it falls through the bag. If you have a plastic bag, even a paper bag, it might fall through because it's so heavy. So this is your opportunity to have a bag. I don't remember my bags to bring to the grocery store, let alone a watermelon bag. You think I'm going to remember that every time? That doesn't make sense. Um, other things on here too, the birthing chair, the the I'm looking at the birthing chair right now. That's neat. Okay. Why is it neat?
1: Well, it just looks comfy. I mean, I, I, I'm obviously not going to give birth, but I I imagine you could get pretty comfortable in that chair.
2: Sure. Uh, it is, it is, um, it is $7,500. I don't, I don't know what you would use it for after the birthing process. And also, uh, I would have never used that. Um, in my experiences anyway, but you know what I think this is really meant for high end hey, here's your wedding shower or your baby shower gift, right oh. uh, for super rich people I don't know who else would do it uh there's a mattress on here, an avocado green mattress for thirty eight thousand dollars.
1: What the hell is the mattress made of thirty eight grand for a mattress it's a
2: it's a it includes the frame. <laughs>
1: Oh, fuck. Well, thanks. Does that
2: make a difference to you or no? It looks dumb. I would hope
1: they'd throw in the frame when you're charging 38K for (laughs) a mattress.
2: It's a fucking car. Uh, Pyramid-shaped dresser. And I'll admit, this looks really neat. Like, if I saw this at a a nice furniture store, I might be like, you know what? What a cool idea. But my problem with it, there's actually a couple of problems with it. I kind of like using my dresser as a place to put things on top of. And with this, you cannot do that. No. (laughs) It's $35,000 to boot. Yeah.
1: What goes in the top drawer?
2: Oh, it would have to be something small, like uh, maybe intimates. You could fit in this. Uh, I can't tell the dimensions of it. I would say, yeah, your intimates or maybe like any kind of uh, product, maybe even perfumes. Actually, that's a good idea. You can put your vagina candles in there.
1: When you say intimates, do you mean like panties or do yes. you mean like like vibrators and shit?
2: Oh, you, probably any of the, the above. Any of that. I think okay. you could fit it all. You could fit it all in there.
1: You know, I don't want anything pointy in my bedroom. That's the last place I land when I've had a few drinks. And the last thing I oh. need is something pointy in there.
2: <laughs> I got impaled by my dresser. <laughs> i have too many tequila shots yeah. <laughs> it looks you know what though actually this looks really neat but again it's not very practical like it's not for the everyday person this is for someone who has about 15 rooms in their home and one of them they just don't do anything with so they're going to put this stupid pyramid dresser in uh but it looks cool it really truly does there's a ouija board on here for two grand what the fuck yeah
1: like unless it comes with actual ghosts why are you paying two thousand dollars for yes. a ouija board
2: it's so stupid so it comes with the table It comes with the table. Um, It's not just the Ouija board. I think I have one of those, by the way, the Ouija board. Not this expensive, stupid thing. Who uses a Ouija board enough to make a whole table out of it, though?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, what are you, a a, a psychic, a mind reader? What what are you into that you need this?
2: You might have a couple of people that are interested in it because that is what they do. And maybe they do have, uh, maybe they use those for readings. I don't know how many professionals use a Ouija board. I think if I walked in and I was hoping to connect with... You know, some of my dead relatives and they had a Ouija board in front of them, I'd get the fuck out. But who knows? Um, It's glitter bombed acrylic. So again, this is one of those things that looks neat, but I'd never have it in my house. There's also a study pod. And I, this looks similar to a lot of things I've seen. Have you ever seen like those portable offices or, oh, you're a radio person like me. So a sound booth, you know, like a portable sound booth you can purchase. Totally. That's what this reminds me of, Scott. And I've seen them for much cheaper than this, but for 13,600 US, this is a portable single person study room that can be set up anywhere, even outdoors. It comes with a detachable desk. It can become a yoga studio or even a bedroom, albeit a small one, but you can convert it into a bedroom.
1: That's bizarre to me. How how much is that?
2: That one is going to cost you thirteen thousand six hundred dollars. Fuck,
1: Gwyneth Paltrow. I mean, I'd love to know what the actual sales are on some of these things. Like, how many of these home birthing chairs is she going to sell at that price? Well, and
2: we should mention this is actually just like the Oprah Guide. You might remember the Oprah Guide. These are not all Gwyneth's products. These aren't Gwyneth products. She puts them on her Goop website, and like Oprah, she basically endorses them. It's the same thing. These are not hers that she's come up with. The only thing that, that, that that's different for is that she did work on the This Smells Like my, my, my Vagina candle and and perfume. She worked with the company. But the watermelon bag, for example, comes from a company in Asia. Hmm. And the birthing chair, same thing. It doesn't even come from, if I'm not mistaken, it does not come from North America. So it's, it's the same thing as Oprah, where it's just kind of, here's the shit that we like, and we're going to put it on sale, and I'm going to get a cut of it.
1: Well, it's funny because maybe it's just my dirty little mind. But as I look at this picture of the birthing chair, I think, uh, forget the birthing. This looks more like a get her pregnant chair. A sex
2: chair. There's a lot of
1: fun things you could probably do in this chair. I
2: think it's actually kind of multi-use. Totally. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I I can think off the top of my head, like six different positions you could be (laughs) in in this fucking chair.
2: I bet you can.
1: (laughs) Well, it's great. And once she's knocked up, you can use the chair for birth as it was intended. There you go. It's gone full circle.
2: too close to call too close to call too close to call too close to call too
1: close to call let's talk about the u.s presidential election and we won't spend a ton of time on this because we're gonna let reggie cuccini from global news explain in just a sec but i was just playing around with the electoral map and it's not over it's not over this is not over people are basically declaring victory for joe biden Because Joe Biden, it looks like is going to win Arizona, although I'm not 100 percent sure that that that's going to end up in Biden's camp. There's still some votes to be counted there. We're waiting basically on Nevada. The way it works right now is if Arizona does go to Joe Biden. We've got five states outstanding Four. we have got Nevada, Pennsylvania, Georgia and North Carolina. It's the race to 270. Whoever gets 270 electoral college votes. Wins. So, if Joe Biden wins Nevada, it's over, he's the president-elect, pending any court challenges. However, as I play around with this map, mm-hmm. right now Donald Trump leads in Pennsylvania, Georgia, and North Carolina. Let's say that lead holds and he wins all three. Whoever wins Nevada could be the president. Wait, check that. If Biden wins Nevada, he's the president. If Trump wins Nevada, neither of them will make it to 270. It's a scenario that was so obscure. I don't think the, the founding fathers even considered it. That neither person could get 270 yeah, votes. That blows there are so my few mind. scenarios where that doesn't happen.
2: Yeah, that blows my mind.
1: So strange. In any case, um, it's a mess right now. Like, it really is a mess. I, I'm... I'm really, really wondering how we got to a point where the United States of America is the moral authority on democracy. Mm -hmm. They lecture other countries around the world all the time. You've got to have democracy like us. This is how it works. And there's a lot of people questioning the fairness of their election. Althea Raj, the editor of the Huffington Post, had a great tweet yesterday with a really, really good point. If this election were happening in any other country in the world, if what's happening happening in America now happened in any other country, the Canadian government would put out a statement that says we have some concerns about this election process. Right. But we're not saying anything. We're quiet. Trudeau's smart. Shut up, dude. Don't say anything because you don't know who's going to win this. And at this point, it really is anybody's game. There's a likely path for Biden to win and a likely path for Trump to win this still. And that's before the court challenges even come in. So stay neutral. That's good. But like I said, any other country, we would have been all over this, all over it. Mm -hmm. And as uh, I look at the conspiracy theories start to roll in, no matter what, right now, it's the Trump people. The Trump people are pretty pissed. They're trying to understand why they had such a lead, and then all of a sudden these ballots start showing up, which apparently came in a couple of weeks ago in some cases, including Georgia. Some of the ballots they're counting now came in two weeks ago. They're looking at these ballots just being brought in out of nowhere, and they're hearing stories about scrutineers not being allowed in, and they're hearing uh, w- rumors about these, these votes that were taken from one facility and then driven to another because apparently they got delivered to the wrong spot. And all this in their mind is adding up to we're getting fucked. And that is what's going to fuel. A major, major problem in the streets. They need to make this as transparent as possible. So even if they don't like the result, nobody can question the result. Nobody ever questions our elections here in Canada because we're very transparent about the process here. I'm not saying anything shady is going on. There might not be anything shady going on. This may be perfectly legitimate, but it just feels skeezy. You know, it just feels like something wrong <laughs> yeah. is happening. You know, really?
2: does it ever feel crystal clear and, and, and everything else, though? Does it ever I mean, feel that way? Has there ever well, been ones that's like, yeah, that's it. And that's all.
1: Yeah. You know what? I mean, where everyone can happy? debate. Well, people can debate the system. And there were a lot of people that were upset after the last election where Donald Trump lost the popular vote, but won on the electoral college. Here you can make the same point. If the person with the most votes wins, Andrew Scheer would be prime minister of Canada right now. He got the most votes in the last election, but we have a party system. We ended up with a prime minister that 67% of the country voted against. But that's just the way our system works. But you can never question the actual process here. Here things are very transparent. A couple of days where you can go and make your vote count, and that's good. You vote for whichever party and local representative you want, and then whoever has the most seats. At the end of it, Mm -hmm. their leader becomes the prime minister. Here we're good. What's happening down there just seems – I understand understand the process. The mail-in voting, it is what it is. That's fine. And I understand that a lot of the mail-in votes went for Democrats. I get it. But to be still adding them up all this time later for states like Nevada to say, we'll release a new dump of votes tonight at nine.
2: Right.
1: On primetime TV. That just seems skeezy. Like, I know if you've got votes and they're counted, add them to the total. People shouldn't be waiting a day and a half to find out what the latest data dump out of Nevada is. It's I know. Do you understand what I mean? I'm not saying something wrong is going on here. Maybe this is totally on the up and up. But it feels dirty.
2: Well, I think that there is like a, an effort to, to have everybody collaborate together, right? I mean, the parties benefit from, from the people who are broadcasting all of this stuff and have been broadcasting it for days now, hours and hours and hours on end. They want ratings, too. And this is one way that they can get it. And I feel like they work together almost to make sure that they get it. I don't really necessarily think it's sketchy at all. I I don't think that it would be that helpful or maybe it would be a little more disorganized to be like, oh, one vote. Okay, make sure that you tally this vote, tally this vote. It probably maybe it makes more sense for them to do it chunks at a time. I mean, I don't know because I don't know the inner workings of, of vote tallying. It sounds like a fucking tedious job to me Mm -hmm. what i'd love to see is before we get to 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 reggie and what he's going through there at washington is i would love to just blow up the system completely i I don't like it at all i and you can this the last couple of days have gone to show us how many people don't even understand it that's how bad it is
1: right how many americans don't understand their own system
2: here's what i would propose blow everything up it's done parties don't exist anymore your people, your people running for positions. That's all you are. You want to be a mayor, you want to be a governor, you want to be the president. We vote once a year. That'll keep you on your fucking toes. When you know that your contract is only one year and you got to try your best to keep it, and sure, you can max them out at eight years, you know, non consecutive even. Max it out at eight years, no problem with that. But you have to work for it that entire year to make sure that you get those votes. And everybody, once a year, it's a holiday. You get to vote. You know what? Even like a two-day thing. Even let's do it for over two days. You pick and choose what day you want to take off to vote so that we stagger it out a little bit and everybody votes for every category. It's not a party sy- system at all. It's a you're voting for your city mayor today, plus you're voting for your governor or your premier, and you're voting for who's leading the country. Here you go. Check the boxes. Put it in. Let's tally it all at once and get it the fuck over with once a year.
1: Crystal clear. How is it possible in... <clears throat> The country that is the moral authority on democracy and allegedly the most technologically advanced nation and civilization on Earth. That they haven't figured out a safe and secure way for people to vote online yet. How is that possible that this is coming down to mail in paper and pen votes. Yeah. That have to be counted by hand. It
2: takes forever. I find it takes them forever. And same thing goes for their system as does for what you just said. They've been doing it a certain way for so long, they're afraid to do it any other way. And yeah, sure, there might be some security glitches and stuff. Figure it out. Figure out a safe way to do it. How can we do this? You know, I know some people may be scared with, oh, fingerprint identifications or something like that. Or you have to go and, and do it electronically, but you have to be there in person to do it. They're just afraid. And when something's been done for... I mean, how many years? Like, I'm talking hundreds of years. People, they're afraid to change the way that it's done for some reason. Like, let's move the fuck on. It's 2020. Can we not figure out a better system? Because apparently, this one's not working. The one that we have right now is probably not working well. There's so much divide. And I think a lot of it has to do with the system. If it was a little more individual and less party-based and, yes, more um, technically savvy, perhaps, for now... We might be able to get this happening quicker, better. I don't know. Maybe I'm making not enough sense or too much sense. I'm not sure. But I just, the whole thing needs to blow the blow up completely.
1: Easy what you say there. The system needs to blow up.
2: <laughs> the whole system. Blow the fuck up. Sure. Um, we'll go with okay. that. Okay, this was
1: a, a good interview that we did this morning on our FM radio show. You can hear us Monday to Friday, 530 till 930 on 91.5 FM, The Beat, In Waterloo Region, it's on the Radio Player Canada app, or you can just tell your smart speaker, hey, Google, play 91.5 The Beat, and you can hear Kat and I live on FM radio. Uh, Reggie Cuccini is the senior correspondent in the Washington Bureau for Global National News and Global News, and he called into our show this morning live from D.C. He's got a lot of great things to say, so we will leave you with that interview from this morning, and I'm thinking that by tomorrow... We will have a president. I think today is the day one of the candidates will cross the 270 line. And even though it's going to get challenged in court, because I'll be honest with you, it's funny because right now uh, everybody that does not like Donald Trump is shitting all over him. Oh, going to court. Oh, you want to count ballots here but not count ballots there. I've seen it all. I see it. I get it. You don't like Trump. That's fine. But if this does swing the other way if trump does maintain his lead in north carolina georgia and pennsylvania and does win nevada you watch how quickly joe biden's team runs to the courts you fucking watch he's not just going to roll over and say yeah i guess we don't need any recounts we're good everything's fine you watch how quickly it's going to turn around if it goes down that way just try and keep an open mind about the whole process here everybody but anyway here's reggie and we will catch you back here tomorrow hopefully to discuss the new president Washington correspondent Reggie Caccini. How
3: are you, Reggie? It's been a long three days. The
2: the last <laughs> <year>. <laughs> You're probably like, wait, what day is it? What time is it? Are you guys a morning show, an evening show? Where am I? <laughs> Reggie, I got to ask, like, this is obviously what you do. But is it one of those things that exhausts you to think about when you know the election is coming up? And now we're, of course, in the middle of it right now. Is it, is it an exhausting thought? Or is it an, a thought that excites you?
3: I mean, it's exhilarating only because, you know, you, you, you spend four years building up to this point and then it shows up and you kind of wish that you could go back four years and have another four years to get through it. Because, you know, in Canada, the system is so much easier. You cast a ballot and the leader of that party becomes prime minister. In the U.S., you cast a ballot and it goes all over the place and you don't realize that your popular vote might not even count. And then you end up with with numbers just like buried inside your brain uh, and and you end up, you know, on day three with no sleep.
1: Yeah, I can imagine. Um, Is there still a a path for Donald Trump to win or is this over and Joe Biden is basically going to be the president
3: elect? No. So there are still a couple of paths for, for Donald Trump to win. And if anybody was paying attention to this a couple of days ago, Fox News made a really contradictory call saying that Arizona was going to go to Joe Biden. It turns out Donald Trump took a kind of huge chunk of an overnight dump of ballots last night and really narrowed down that lead. Now we don't know, is Donald Trump going to end up winning in Arizona? That would put him on a closer path. So basically, if you're Joe Biden, you're saying, hmm, I need Nevada to vote for me. I need Arizona to vote for me. I'm hoping to everything in the world that Pennsylvania is going to vote for me. But all of a sudden, it turns out now Georgia, the state the Democrats haven't won in in forever and ever and ever, Georgia could now be the state that helps Joe Biden along. So these paths, while they're winding, they, they really still go for both candidates. What's the
1: general mood amongst that Washington press corps? Do you guys have any idea how this is going to play out or who's going to win this in the end?
3: We have zero idea. I mean, look, there there is general exhaustion uh, from, from, I mean, look, you know, we're in an election right now, but this has been four years of, of fact checking. There have been four years of attacks on journalists. This this has been one of the most trying four years of my entire career. Um, and we have no idea what, what what's going to happen. And that's just because, look, yesterday, Trump said that he was, or at least the Trump campaign said that he was going to file a lawsuit in Pennsylvania and Michigan and Nevada and possibly in Georgia to try and get them to stop counting the votes because he is potentially going to be behind, so he doesn't want these vote counts anymore, but not in Arizona. He's got a chance to win Arizona, so he wants them to keep counting as much as he can. This is it is a trying time, not only for journalists trying to cover it, but for an American who has to live through this.
1: <laughs> and and on top of that, you've got the added layer of so much extra security and law enforcement there in D.C. because people, no matter who wins, are expecting the other side to go out into the streets. Do you think it's going to get violent? Because I saw some of the pictures you tweeted out, and it looks
3: like people are setting up for a showdown. Yeah. I mean, look, so for anybody who has never been to Washington, we are already kind of covered in an insane amount of security to begin with. There's like 11 or 12 different police forces that patrol Washington at any given point in time um, solely because there's just so much power here. Back in May and June, you know, I was downtown in Black Lives Matter Plaza. Uh, and everything had been boarded up because of the fear of protest, which obviously then took place. A lot of those businesses didn't take down their boards over the last four months. So DC has kind of been boarded up downtown. There is still a fear that something could go wrong. I was down at the White House last night, uh, and there are still protesters that are gathering outside uh, of the fence that surrounds the White House. So th- there is a general concern here that something could go wrong. Is it because of the count? Maybe. Is it because President Trump makes some tweet that bothers people? Maybe. Is it because somebody makes a premature declaration? Maybe. This is a country that is on edge right now uh, because they are politically exhausted, but they're just emotionally charged.
1: Do you think this will be over today? Do you think someone will hit 270 electoral college votes today?
3: Maybe. If Arizona gets it's 420-ish thousand ballots um, counted today, and they go towards Joe Biden, it makes it really, really, really easy for him because all Nevada would have to do is go for him. Otherwise, all eyes are gonna wind up looking at Pennsylvania. There are still close to a million ballots that haven't been counted in that state, part of why Trump is trying to go after them legally. Um, And all of those states, or at least a majority of those ballots come from in and around the Philadelphia suburbs. And so far, of all of the mail-in ballots, something like 80% of them have broken away for Joe Biden. So Biden is feeling confident. And for anybody listening, confident and comfortable are buzzwords that you're going to hear for the next three days down here. <laughs> no but doubt. It, 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 it's, either not, it's either not going to be decided today or it is going to be decided today. And if it's not, then then look t- tomorrow, because that could that's when Pennsylvania, has by law, has to stop counting their ballots. So we might have 24 more hours of this.
1: And now that we know how close it is, do you see any scenario where neither guy hits 270 electoral college votes?
3: So it was a far-fetched thought for, you know, 100 years. And then Donald Trump comes in and changes the political landscape. And all of a sudden, that's a possibility. You could have both candidates, depending on how the map shades in, not get enough votes. And what happens is this long, convoluted process, but essentially... It would have to go to the House of Representatives. And if anybody pays attention to politics, you think, oh, well, Democrats control the House of Representatives. That's fine. It turns out it's not the House of Representatives that makes the final vote. If it's a tie, each state gets one vote. And currently there are more Republican governors than there are Democratic governors. So that that in a Democratic controlled House, Republicans may actually get the final say here, uh, which would obviously benefit the Republican candidate more so than the Democratic candidate
2: does it sometimes like make your head spin all of the possibilities I mean we mention a lot and in the last 48 hours now I feel like there's been a lot of this but if this and then if that because that's, your, that's how their system works does it make your head spin as much as mine sometimes
3: It's like holding on to a 649 ticket where you're like, you know what, here are all the zillion things that I'm going to do if I win, you know, the millions upon millions of dollars that this ticket could hold. And you just run through every possibility and you realize three days later and you're still thinking about how things would be if life were different. That is what it's like trying to go through the numbers with this election. You are thinking of every possibility Mm -hmm. and, you know, eventually you're either going to be right on something and you're going to be wrong on a lot of other things. And that's when the attacks will start coming at us because you were wrong. It's like attacking a weather guy for it raining when it was supposed to be sunny. (laughs) We get attacked because we made the wrong call, but really we're just looking at the data and and all we can report on is what's coming at us. And and sometimes it's hard for people, but it's hard for us too.
1: Fun fact, I actually do tweet Anthony Farnell when it rains when I'm golfing, and he said it wasn't going to rain, so I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> Reggie Kachini, Global it, National. It, it,
3: it, they're used to it. They're used to it. It's a once-every-four-year thing for us. It, it's, we're not used to it.
1: I hear you, man. I hear you. Well, listen, you be safe down there. If anything big happens, you've got an open invite. Feel free to call us and let us know, and good luck today. I know it's going to be a full day of coverage on Global.
3: Thank you.